Should I or should I not? That's the question. Depending upon who you ask, experts say humans make an average of anywhere from 70 to 35,000 decisions in a given day. But as Christians, how do we make decisions that honor the Lord? This is Consider It, where we are considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 830-299-7505. Again, that's 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about our church and our ministry here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Very simple yet profound question. That's right. How do I make decisions? How do I make decisions? This is like one of those questions like here in the hill country where, you know, you see a rock in your yard and it looks real small, you know, maybe something <laughs> like the size of a softball and it's sticking up and... You know, you go to dig out, like, oh, I'm going to dig that out. And then you start digging around it, and then you find out it's this, like, massive truck-sized rock underneath your grass or whatever. (laughs) Dealing with that right now. That's right. That's right. And this is one of those, how do I make decisions? Seems so simple, you know, and it's a good one. I think that we uh, need to consider as Christians because we want to make decisions, ultimately, that honor the Lord, right? Yep. I mean, that should be our aim, Absolutely. whether we're cognizant of that when we're in the midst of it, but every day we're making decisions. Yep. You know, you just do a quick Google search. How many decisions a day does an average human make? <laughs> and depending upon the definition of decisions and the, the, the test and the, you know, kind of the parameters, you'll find anywhere from like 70 decisions to 35,000 decisions in a day from those things, even this that we do subconsciously, um, and just knowing that, it's like, well, okay, this we we are human beings that are constantly deciding and doing and um, and moving along the way. So, uh, does the Bible have anything to say about it? You think so? Maybe. Yeah, I think it does. I yes. think it has lots to say uh, about this. <laughs> and it's a question I think that we get a lot uh, as you know, especially in our line of work, people come asking, "Well, what should I do in this decision?" In specific ones, not just on the you know, we make a, a ton of decisions a day, but on those big decision things, what do we do? How do we how do we make decisions? And uh, as of late, I think we've uh, gotten a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, this has kind of come to the forefront, especially when it's with things, the world that we live in and COVID and all that. What should we do? What should we not? Um, you know, what should we do with our kids? Should we sell our house? You know, we're at that time of year where high school students are trying to decide where should I go to school, um, where those who are in school now are trying to make decisions about, well, what classes should I take uh, next semester? Um, you know, love is in the air. And so couples are trying to decide, should I marry this person? Should I not? We live in a market that uh, is just uh, exploding. And so should I sell my house? Should I not? Should I build? Should I buy? Should I rent out my house? You know, should I make a job change? Should I, you know, and on and on and on and on it goes, right? And those are just the the big major ones that you're even touching on. And you think about just all the the little decisions in between um, that ultimately lead up to Right. Bigger, more complex things. It's right. just right. It can become really overwhelming in a hurry yeah. if uh, 
if we allow it to consume us. Right, right. right. Yeah. And, and this is where I think having a good framework of understanding what the Bible says about how we make decisions is so helpful, um, especially because when we're unintentional, when we're not deliberate, if we're not thoughtful, you know, there's there's a lot of bad ways. Or we can be overly thoughtful or That's overly right. analytical yeah. when we're making decisions on things because there's there's a lot of bad ways, you know, and the, especially from our culture, society says, oh, make decisions. Well, do what's good for you, you know, well, right. follow your heart um, or, you know, cut out all the toxic things and only do what makes you feel good. Or yeah. um, and, and there's all kinds of filters that this uh, that you know, our culture would say, here's how you make decisions. Yeah, and I think just the, the instantaneous, mm-hmm. you know, why wait, right. you know, just right. so much going yeah. on to say, it's like, I want it and I want it now. Yeah. Right. Right. With no forethought into the future, you know, with longevity, it is, there's, there's kind of this priority, priority of the immediate right now. Yeah. What's going to make me feel good now? What's going to, uh, you know, what's going to make me the most bang for my buck right now? And, and, you know, there's some things that we have to do for the moment, but also planning for the future and things. But we can also get overly concerned about the future too, right? And uh, right. not, uh, you know, live like paupers right now and, and you know, just storing it all away and, and never, you know, enjoying anything in life right now and all that. Uh, and and the opposite is true too, because sometimes you know we can we can worry about something, we can do all the research in the world, right? And like we're googling something, we're trying to make this big decision, and you know, and and uh, you know we're we're gonna go to college or whatever, and it's like no, we have to tour every single university in the state of Texas before we can make a decision. It's That's like right. whoa, 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 <laughs> you know, I'm I'm guilty of just you know even thinking like purchases. I think about like Amazon as yeah. like going on and reading all the reviews and doing research to the nth degree to where yeah. you've exhausted it yeah. and become some sort of a, you know, self-proclaimed expert right. on it. And then it's like the back and forth and like right. just, so there's that balance again, of not right. just that spontaneous, but also not the exhaustive overthinking. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Especially it's when it's in, in decisions like you just need to buy a shovel. Yeah. And you're online looking like, well, what's the best shovel? What has the strongest pole? What's, you know, what, what it slices into the earth? About, you know, it's like, you know, what can I, how can I save the most money and all that? It's yeah. like, no, just go to Lowe's. Just find the yeah. shovel that's in your price range and just buy a shovel. You don't need to research at all and everything. But, but now if you're buying a truck... There's, you know, then yeah. you want to research, you want to do, you know, like what's, uh, what is going to be a good investment and all that. Should I buy new? Should I buy used? Should I, you know, that yeah. re- requires a little bit more research. Yeah. But if you're just buying a show, just go and buy a show. That's right. and, uh, and having some wisdom there. So All right. I hear you. Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> no, I'm, I can be guilty of those same things too. And, and yeah. so that's that's why we're talking about it, yeah. right? Because we can get bogged down in some of these extremes and, and all that. And so... Uh, and we could talk ad nauseum about all the wrong ways to make decisions and That's all the right. wrong factors there. But let's just try to now hone in on the question, well, how then do we as Christians, I know the question's pretty simple, how do I make decisions? Um, but let's just add to that. Let's say, all right, as a Christian, um, somebody who is, you know, walking with the Lord and mm-hmm. and wanting to make God-honoring uh, decisions. I think that's the uh, uh, that that's the premise here um, for us, and uh, you know I think there's 
it's it's honestly not that uh, um, not that complicated, but it is intentional. You know, is like, well, how do Christians make decisions? Well, well, where do we find wisdom? I think that's like the that yeah. that's that that's what it boils down to. Right. Um, wisdom being the you know the understanding and application of what is true and right, and uh, in. in uh, you know, in 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 biblical, yeah. you know, the understanding and application of what is true and right in biblical. That's really what wisdom is about. That's what we want. And where does wisdom come from? What comes from the Lord? The Lord. Yeah. And so that then brings back. We say, okay, well, we rightly defined wisdom. Here's where was the source of wisdom. Well, how do we then tap into wisdom? Well, it's not that hard. You know, we pray. And talk to the one who is all wise that's right. and we read our Bible secondly because that's where he has revealed himself right. yep. and his will to us and we consult the biblical community, our small group and our biblical leaders whether elders, small group leaders, those uh, people that God has put in our life to be his mouthpiece of what is wise right. and true and right um, and, and when we do that, I think we can then make a wise decision. Now, to the level that we do that also depends upon the, you know, the, the level of decision that we're making. But mm-hmm. in a nutshell, I think that's really what it is. We pray, we read our Bible, and we consult leaders. Yeah. And even within that, then, I think we need to kind of go like, all right, well, as we're praying, what are the things that we are praying for? Yeah. Right? That's where I, I love passages like Colossians 1, uh, beginning in verse 9. These are prayers, but he's praying specifically for some certain things. He, this, I'll just read it here for us, Colossians 1, 9. If you've been around redemption in recent days as we've been preaching through this, it should be pretty familiar to you, but it says this, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Like That's really what we're getting at, right? That's yep. verse 9. That's when we say, okay, I'm making decisions. Well, we're praying that God would be filling us with understanding, right? Knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's what we want, right? Because we're making a decision. That's what we want. But verse 10, here's the reason. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. That is, again, I think that's the aim, hopefully, of every Christian's life. We want to walk. We want to do um, what is worthy of the Lord and fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God so that our life is bearing fruit and we are increasing in our understanding of who God is, his will, his ways, his wisdom, and and all that. And so as we're praying, this is what we're asking for. Yeah. specifically in a situation, God, I need uh, understanding of your will in this. And that then leads really to the second thing then. Okay, we're praying in this way. We're inviting people. Like if you're married, you know, and if you have a big decision, you should be praying these things with your spouse. Together, yeah. um, and even, you know, jumping ahead, this is what we're inviting our community, our small group. Hey, I've got this decision. Um, will you pray this for mm-hmm. me? And you're bringing God's people into it because, you know, there's a James 1, anybody lacks wisdom, ask God who gives it generously, right? <laughs> and so that's what you're doing in praying. You're just asking God for this. But second then is, okay, well, we're praying. We make decisions. We're, we're praying about it. Some take longer to pray. Um, you know, some of yeah. the most wise people I know, you know, they, um, they, they'll wait at least 24 hours before, especially in a big decision, you yeah. know, whether it's in business or life, um, and uh, any anything that's like urgent, you have to make a, a, a decision right now to get this deal. 
is usually like your discernment radar should go off and just be like, mm, that, and I really don't like. Yeah, is it that? Important? Is it that important? You know. Yeah, um, I think too. Just before we move on from from prayer, mm-hmm. just the danger of um, kind of using the Lord or using prayers a, a scapegoat sure. as well can be dangerous. Like it's important to pray, but I like in past relationships I've, uh, you know, I've had friends. It's like, Hey, you want to go do this? They're like, Oh, well, let me, let me pray about that. And it's yeah. just like, you know, simple as, Hey, do you want to go grab a bite to eat or something? Right. And, and you know, they come, Oh, well, I, I've prayed about it. And the, the Lord's you know, telling me not to go. Right. And, and it's, I don't know. There's just times where it's like instead of just saying no, that that's not wise for me right now, or yeah. you know, no, I don't have the finances, or no, I don't have the time. Yeah, you know, it's like using right. Jesus as a, right. a scapegoat. And, and again, I'm not here to sure. to judge a man's heart, but um, right. just as in our own life, as right. we think about praying, it's not like using that as an excuse or a, right. you know a cop out, right? And that's, I'm glad you brought that up because whenever we use the Lord, you'll hear like even folks say, you know, the Lord is calling me to go do this. Mm. He's calling me to go do something or he's not calling me to, you know, go to mm. eat or he is calling me to start this ministry in Africa to orphans or he's uh, calling me to go to this job or he's mm. not calling me to stay in this marriage or whatever. And I prayed about it mm. a ton. And it's like, whoa, 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 time out. Time out, time out, time out, time out. One, I think we misuse this concept of calling. Yeah. Um, that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> but two, what that is doing is also like uh, sometimes it's like we use that as a defensive mechanism to like keep people at arm's length. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and it misses the, the other two things of consulting God's word and consulting God's people. Because we've just said, well, I've consulted the Lord, and you can't say anything against it, like, because this is the Lord. And it's like, well, time out. The Lord uses these means also, and let's let's dig into the Scripture on these things. And like you said, or can use, like, the Lord as a scapegoat. Yeah. You know, especially when it's to things like going out to eat or whatever. Like, if you just don't want to, that's okay, fine. Like, no, I don't want to go out to eat. Or, or like, even with legitimate you know, things like, well, I just, it wouldn't be a wise financial decision for me. Okay, well, I'll just say that. And, and even under the Lord, but let's be careful about using the Lord, like you said, as a scapegoat or whatever, and to just say, well, God is not calling me to do something and just say, well, I don't think it would be wise for me to, you know, to do this because I need, you know, I want to be a wise steward of my finances. Okay, right. come on. Yeah, don't don't go out to eat or, hey, I've got these other priorities. I need to, you know, as I'm seeking to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Um, okay, okay, absolutely. But there now it has some biblical substance to it and not just, God's calling me to do this and don't say anything about yeah, it. because like, then it's almost uh, flippant and, right. I mean, it becomes right. irresponsible and, and dangerous when we, right. Right. we start putting that. Right. We're, we're putting ourselves in an isolated spot, you know, to well, away from community and out from under the authority of God's word. And our only authority then in those spots is just saying, well, God's calling me to it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's test that out here. Yeah. Which is really, you know, even as I say that test, here's something that I use often with people, especially when it comes to big decisions, is the AAA test. Yeah. 
Him. And, and this really filters into, okay, the things that we're praying about, and as we consult God's Word and consult God's people, is uh, this, this AAA test. And some of you, you know, maybe you're familiar with this, you've used it a lot, but these questions to ask when we're trying to make a decision is, well, one, does it agree with biblical wisdom? That's the first A. Does it agree with biblical wisdom? Yeah. And sometimes you'll have chapter and verse like, nope, don't do this. Yep, do this. Um, and other times it's a, it's a wisdom issue. Uh, it's where you're coming to the Proverbs and, and uh, yeah. you know, is this biblically wise and does it agree with, yeah. you know, as I'm, as I'm trying to make this decision, as I'm getting into God's word, does it agree here? The second A then is does it advance the, the mission, yeah. specifically the Great Commission? And this is where, you know, in bigger uh, uh, questions especially, but, um, but as we're making a job-related job decision or school-related decision, sometimes it's like we're purely just making it for financial reasons. I'm moving here because the, the money is just too good to be true. Yeah. But we haven't asked the question, okay, well, am I severing these missional relationships that God has here? Mm-hmm. Are there going to be new missional opportunities for me there? Yeah. Knowing that the Great Commission is the purpose and the priority of our life. That's right. Yeah. Is there a, a biblical church right. in the area? Right. Is there, you know, community, um, you know, outside of, right. of work and all those? There's just a, a lot of other factors to to take into account. And, Right. I wanted to go back real fast to the first A. Mm-hmm. Is it agreeable? Because yep. I think a lot of times we go to Scripture and be like, oh, well, it doesn't say anything specific about this specific yep. issue. But what we do see, uh, and, and one of the things that is really helpful in like biblical counseling, for example, is to find principles within right. Scripture, to find yeah. related things that you can then take these principles, these understandings of of what God is communicating through his word and then, you know, kind of satellite it um, in a way to that specific issue. And so just as we learn to understand, um, to exposit the word as we, as we walk through these things, we want to understand that it may not say something specifically, but there's going to be principles because we know that God's word right. is sufficient. Right. 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 And and where it may agree with biblical wisdom or even advance the mission, sometimes that may not just be like uh, super practical. Here's a three step thing, or yeah. a you know just very black and white like don't do this and do this. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it gets to the heart. Exactly. Yeah. What is our motivation for wanting to do this? Are we running from something? Um, are we trying to avoid something hard or whatever? Mm-hmm. Is it, or is it, no, we are really being motivated by the mission. We're being motivated by uh, love and good deeds. This will open up more opportunity for me to spend more time with my wife and kids or uh, to serve the church or to be involved in the community and things like that. And so... Though it's not just like, hey, don't do this, yes, do this. It's really getting in and causing us to take a look at what is driving us um, at that heart level. What's our posture before the Lord? Are we seeking humility and uh, and desiring to be useful to the Lord? Or is it just a chasing after riches or chasing after a title or, yeah. you know, and... Uh, and that that causes some that that's like that's yeah. that, that's that's a heart level, but that's really what Jesus does. I think is he you see that in the Sermon on the Mount. Right, you know, yeah. I mean, just constantly, rich yeah. young ruler, like all of these things. Yeah. Um, I mean, even going back to to David in Psalm fifty one and recognizing, you know, 
what the Lord desires is a yeah. a broken, contrite, humble, right. teachable heart. Right. Yeah. And so are these biblical motivations for us to, uh, you know, to proceed and to do what we want or to make this decision and, and things. So does it agree with that? Is it advancing the mission? Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to see that, you know, in our own life, even as we're like before the Lord, we're praying, we're searching the scriptures and we're just like, uh, maybe we're still wrestling with it. Or we've even come to some conclusions, but we realize we don't have the full picture. We are not the all wise and right. omniscient ones. And this is where the, the last one is, is, do my godly leaders affirm this decision? And so does it agree with biblical wisdom? Does it advance the mission and do my godly leaders, those that God has put in me, in in my life, for my care and accountability, Mm -hmm. are they affirming the decision as well? Now, this is assuming that we are in biblical community, that we're in a small group, we have leaders, we are submitted and committed to a local church that that has godly leaders and elders and things that... As we're bringing it there, even if it's a decision saying, well, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leaning this way. I think the Lord is, is leading here. Here's what I've been searching in the scriptures. You know, do you see anything, any, any obstacles, any challenges to this? Um, or it's like, I'm undecided. I've got two really great options or three or 50 really great options. Yeah. You know, um, are, what, where, where are you seeing? Where, where could you affirm like, yes, this, the God. God is so in this, this is wise. Mm-hmm. And by inviting others into it, um, then you have that affirmation from God's people who have other experience, who know God's word, who, who you know, see things maybe in you that you can't see um, and, uh, uh, and can help affirm that decision. Yes, go yeah. and do it. Yeah, and I think just as you're talking, just the importance of being known so that when these things happen right that people can understand who you are and they can exposit you your situation and scripture and help you to see it right you know as clearly as possible and just the the things that you were saying are are so spot on but in order for that to happen we have to be known we have to be engaged and involved and just the importance of that is so This is right. It's 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 there. It's being vulnerable. Meaning, here's where I'm at, and speak into it, right? Yeah. And so it's that transparency and teachability that are, that are coming together to make vulnerability, and and where we're known and candid and willing, you know, uh, to to hear from outside uh, things, and then ultimately the responsibility is on us to make the decisions, yeah. you know, to live in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Um, but now we are doing it within God's means for us to walk in faith in community. Mm-hmm. Where we're not just making a fearful decision, we're not just running from something, we're not just doing we're not just making independent decisions, you know, and doing all this stuff, but we're making faith based and faith motivated decisions uh, yeah. within the means that God has given us here through praying through his word and through uh, his people. Yeah. And just as you're talking about that Romans 12, 1 and 2, mm-hmm. um, just has just keeps flooding into my mind. Is, yep. you know, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Right. And just that idea of renewing mm-hmm. the mind um, yeah. and just the things that we were talking about as we, as we pray, as we 
as we read God's word, as we ask, um, mm-hmm. you know, people, um, you know, all of those things are really trying to transform our minds to see things the way that God sees them, right. becoming more like Christ and all of that. And so I just, right. as you were talking, just that, right. that passage came to mind because of that transforming right. of the mind right. mentality. Yeah. Right, which is where it begins. You know, our decision and stuff, we have to, all right, take in the information, the wisdom to understand what God's will is, knowing that his will is good, pleasing, and perfect. And which which is a great question because that leads us in, okay, well, what is the will of God? That's right which is underneath this. That's what, you know, we say, hey, it's just like a softball-sized rock, and then underneath <laughs> it, it's a truck-sized, you know, rock. And uh, because that in itself, I think, is so confusing as well. I talked about this recently in the sermon on, on Colossians 1, because there's just a lot of misunderstanding. Okay, well, what is God's will? And, you know, and, and you know, and it is just more complex because there's God's you know revealed will and His hidden will. Mm-hmm. There's His will that is being unfolded. Like everything that's happening is you know part uh, underneath His universal sovereign will, yeah. you know, for life. But then there's also His revealed will, the things in the Scripture that He said, "Do these things. This is My will," mm-hmm. and that's not actually a very long list. No. You know, if you just go into like your Bible app or something, you know, BibleGateway.com or whatever, and you just, you know, in quotes, like, will of God, it'll come up all the places in the scripture where you see these things. And, uh, and, and, and it's not, you know, super long or will of the Lord. And, and, you know, if we, I think the thing is, I'm going to lay them out here for us, is that as Christians who are wanting to walk like that in, in Colossians 1, who are praying that we be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding to walk. Like, if that's what we want, well, here's what it is, okay? And if we're walking in these things that I'm about to lay out here, then we can be confident knowing, okay, if these things are true, then, you know, like... Uh, what is it? Psalm thirty-seven, four. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Like if you're mm-hmm. delighting yourself, you're walking in His ways, you're doing His will, you know, and walking in His Spirit. Mm-hmm. Then, what is it that you want to do? Go and do it. That's right. You. That's what you want to study. Okay, go and do it. This is the woman you want to marry. Then, walk in God's blessing in that because you know these things here, and so. Well, what is his will? Yeah. Knowledge of it. What is it? Well, here's the first thing. His knowledge or his will is that we be saved. Second right? <laughs> Peter three nine. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. It's speaking of God's timing, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Okay, it is God's desire that we should be saved, that we repent and believe. Right. Um, and so if you say, yeah, I'm saved, like, you know, that might seem, you know, silly to start there, but it's like, no, we can say confidently, I've repented of my sin, I'm trusting in Christ, um, I'm saved, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but here's the second then, that we are sanctified, that we are growing in that, and sanctified, and specifically that we are sexually pure. Mm-hmm. This is First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 4, it says this, for this is the will of God. It's like, all right, ding, 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 we see that in the scripture, yeah. you know, that's what I was just talking about when we Google that, that's what we're looking for, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, you know, that growing in holiness, the mm-hmm. growing in what we already have been declared. We are right before God, and so let us walk in rightness, okay, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. 
Okay? And so, abstain, stop, sexual immorality. What is that? That's just the basic, you know, of the broad category of everything when it comes to sexuality or intimacy outside the covenant of marriage with between one man and one woman. Yep. That's the inbounds. That's this is what pleases God. You know, that's like it is good. Husband and wife are married. That uh, sexual intimacy exists mm-hmm. there and only there. Right. That's a podcast for a different time or <laughs> counseling and things. But everything outside of that falls under this banner. That's and that's a much longer list, and it's getting more bizarre and more perverse and more, you know, uh, crazy by the, the day, it seems like. Yeah. But all of that stuff, no, we abstain from that. Okay? But not, you know, that, like I said, within the context of marriage and all that, it's a different podcast. But this is God's will. We're being sanctified, and we are sexually pure. Okay? Mm-hmm. The God's will. So if you're going through your life, all right, I'm saved. I'm growing in holiness. I'm making progress. And... There's not any, you know, known or hidden sexual immorality in my life. You know, I'm not like uh, hiding this pornography addiction. I'm not seeking out, you know, somebody other than my spouse. Um, I'm not, you know, doing these things like, all right, I know I'm walking in these things. Uh, It's really interesting in 1 Thessalonians in the next chapter, 5, 16 to 18. He says it again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is God's will? That we're dependent on Him. Yeah. You know? That we're joyful, we're praying, and we're thankful. Yeah. Giving thanks in all circumstances. Right. right. Yeah. This is God's will. And so where our heart here it again is coming to that heart posture, right? In these things, that even in the midst so like let's apply this to like a job scenario. Okay, we're thinking, I want a new job. Should I do it? Well, am I right now in my job, even in the difficulty? Even when it's negative, even when it's hard, even when I'm being underpaid or overworked or yeah. whatever, can I, even in the midst of this, am I joyful before the Lord because I'm saved, because the gospel, because of God's sovereignty? Am I continuing to pray? Maybe the difficulty is teaching me I need to be praying more yeah. and dependent more on the Lord. Can I give thanks even for this job? God, thank you that I have employment. Thank you that I have this body that can do it. Thank you, God, that uh, even though it's hard, you've made me a light in the midst of this dark context. And if that's our heart, then first, then maybe he's leading you to make a job change, or maybe he's calling you there to be more dependent within the midst of it. And so, all right, am I I doing this? Is this, you know, not, it's... It's, it's obviously using the superlative here. So it's like, can we even attain this standard? Well, the, I think the heart is behind it is that we're dependent upon the Lord. That's we're right. choosing to do these things to the best of our ability with the Spirit's help, and we're fighting for these things even when it's hard. Because this is God's will. It's super clear. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yeah. Not that guy, not just pastors, not super holy people. If you're in Christ, you're saved, you're sanctified. This is God's will. Yeah, and I think just talking about that dependency on Him, you know, yeah. our, our tendencies are to, to run from the things that are hard. Oh, if it's hard, it must be yeah. outside of God's will. And it's yeah. like, no, we find contentment. We find thanks because of our trust in His character and His faithfulness right. to us. And so, therefore, we can find purpose in the midst of all of that, right. knowing that God is who He says He is. Right. Right. And so therefore we can give thanks in yeah. the midst of it. 
Right. And it may be hard. And this is where biblical community comes in because you're like, I just can't see it. I want to be thankful. I want to be joyful. I'm, I want to pray in this. And I can't. And as you bring it up in community, like, oh, well, have you thought, could you be thankful for this? That's right. Could you be thankful for that? <clears throat> yeah, because sin and, blinds us. Right. You know, we, we, we can really yep. turn inward in a hurry. Right. Focus on, on self and, you know, the, the self-pity, the right. self-doubt. And so to have brothers and sisters who know us, who love us, come along and say, no, let's Let's continue to fix our eyes on the things above. Right. Yeah. Right. And so what else? What else? The will of God. We've seen this to be saved, to be sanctified, sexually uh, pure, to be dependent upon the Lord. Well, here's another one in Ephesians 5, 17 to 18, to be filled with the Spirit. He says, therefore, do not be foolish. Okay. We don't want to be that, right? Foolishness is the opposite of wisdom. We're seeking wisdom, right? It says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's what we want, right? We're trying That's to, right. what is the will of the Lord? <laughs> He says, and do not get drunk with this uh, with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Yep. And so what is he saying? All right, we're not to be controlled by any other substance, whether it's wine or anything, but we're to be controlled, to be filled with the Spirit. Filling here, think of it like wind in the sails. Mm-hmm. As the wind is blowing and it fills the sails and it moves the boat along. That's what it's talking to be controlled by. Don't think of like a cup being filled with water. That's not necessarily the concept here, but like wind filling sails moving us to action. This is the will of the Lord, right? Yeah. (laughs) That we are walking in the spirit, that we, the fruit of the spirit is being born in our life and we're not being controlled by any other substance. This is, this is the will. Just thinking about the fruit of the spirit, as you just talked about Mm -hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. Yeah. And that's, those are the things that should define our life. When we are being uh, filled with the spirit, when we're walking in him, those are the things that, those are the fruits of that. These things true in my life. Okay. I know I'm walking in the spirit. I'm being filled with the spirit. If the other, you know, the the opposite list there, the yeah, needs the of the flesh are, are true of our life, we know I'm not being, I'm not filled with the spirit right That's now. Right. right, I'm walking in the in the flesh, and so all right. So these these are good things. These are helping us as we're trying to make decisions. Yeah. All right, am I doing these things? Am I filled with the spirit? Here's the next one. This may be uh, these last two here uh, might be a little bit more difficult, but uh, it's God's will that we are submissive to authority. In 1 Peter 2, 13 through 15, he says this, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Now, mind you, this is written to Christians being persecuted by a very oppressive Roman emperor. Yep. You know, depending upon when Peter's time to, you know, it could even be to those who are under Nero who are being killed by, he's saying, no, be subject to these very people. He says, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Hmm. Oh, (laughs) okay. So it is good for us. It is right for us. It is part of the will of God to be subject to human institutions. Yeah, because ultimately that's trusting in God's right. sovereignty. Right. Right. Yeah. We understand he's there. He's the one that's put this person into place, right? And so we can we can continue to do what is good. We can continue to do what is right, you know, and uh, and to honor them and to not speak poorly, to not be rebellious, you know, to not be posting, you know, nonsense on social media about our governing authorities. Yep. Um 
uh, even when they're, you know, even when we disagree with their decisions, even when we disagree with their policies, even when their policies are inherently anti-biblical, um, it is still, we still have to have a heart posture of submission to authority because it shows that we're trusting God. He's the one. He can take the ruler out in, in, at any point, right? Yeah. Now, when it comes to us having to actually, um, it, we this doesn't mean we just like roll over like mats and you know if we are being required to do something that is you know overtly uh, anti-God or anti-biblical, right. well then obviously we're not going to do that. We're going to continue to do what is good, but our heart posture is one where we are submissive to the governing authorities. Yeah, and I think even things. looking back to the Old Testament and seeing how God has used, you know, pagan nations to fulfill his mm-hmm. will even in the destruction of the temple and, and all these things to fulfill his prophecies, to, to show his continued faithfulness. Right. Like looking back to his sovereignty and how he's worked all those things can then really help us even now. It's like, I don't understand or I don't agree with what's right. going on. Right. But again, this is what God has called us to do, and so I'm going to trust Him rather than right. trying to take all the problems on my own shoulders. And right. you know, right, right. And you know, in our day, I mean, maybe we've gotten to a place of this, but where we see many people leaving certain states or certain countries because of how uh, backwards they are or how unjust the government is, mm-hmm. and in a desire to want to be submissive to authority, they're moving to a place with a government that is, you know, more in line with biblical uh, principles. Um, but I think our, you know, our 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 expectation has to be you know, that these are fallen men, you know, yeah. and especially if you know, unless they are have submitted to Christ, you know, they are not. You know they're not leading from a regenerate viewpoint. Yeah. You know, and so the expectation should be that they are not. And so we can advocate for it. We can vote for it. We you know do all that stuff. But, um, but our heart should be one that desires to be submissive to authority. Yeah. For this is the will of God. Yeah. The last one then here is we think okay well what is the will of God as we're thinking making decisions we're trying to do what God has called us to do then in First Peter also he can, goes on in chapter four verse nineteen that we must be willing to suffer <laughs> therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good common denominator in both of those things is doing good, right? (laughs) Like doing what is right, doing what honors the Lord. But here's like, this is God's will. Let those who suffer according to God's will. And this is maybe where it's more mind-blowing, right? It doesn't mean we always put ourselves in the place of suffering. Yeah, we don't desire to suffer per se, but we will find ourselves. Right. But when God appoints it, and that's what's really hard, you know, like, earlier in that same chapter in First Peter, he says, don't be surprised when trials come upon you. That's right. <laughs> like, this is normal. Our Lord suffered, and so we should expect to suffer as Christians as well. Yep. Now, it's a suffering for doing good and right, for honoring the Lord. If we're suffering because we are you know, sinning, <laughs> if we are stealing something, if we are, you know, being foolish, well, that's, you know, that's, that's different here. But we have to have these categories in our mind under God's sovereignty that suffering can be good for us as well and according to God's will. 
Because sometimes, you know, we get into it and it's like, oh, this can't be from the God. This, this, is, this is from the enemy. I'm in spiritual warfare or whatever. And there might be some spiritual warfare, discouragement, doubt in the midst of it and all that. But just like we've seen in Job, so many biblical examples in other places, and Peter telling these Christians who are being persecuted that even this can be according to God's will. And we don't need to run from it. We don't need to, in fear, try to, you know, pursue comfort. But suffering is for our good as well as God is proving to us his faithfulness through the midst of it. Um, He is proving that his ways are are higher than ours, that his ways are good and right and true, even when it's really hard and uncomfortable and we are losing so much where we are feeling the cost of following Jesus. Um, And this can be according to his will as well. And so... Um, so then, what, what? Okay, so we got this. This is kind of there that we're saved, we're sanctified, sexually pure, we're dependent upon the Lord, we're filled with the Spirit, we're submissive to government, we're we're willing to suffer. Then this is this is His will, you know. Now we know what the will of God is, and then spiritual wisdom and understanding then is what puts it into action, right. or we then make our decisions based on it. And just kind of coming all the way back around now yeah. uh, after that long exposition there of, uh, uh, of how do I make decisions? Well, there's another grid, especially in big decisions. Now in the little things that we're making, you know, it still should be under this. But these, the, especially when it comes to the will of God, this should be just like our normal kind of framework for living mm-hmm. in a way that is pleasing the Lord. So that when we come to those decisions on whatever uh, size they are, smaller daily decisions to the bigger, you know, kind of, uh, life course changing and altering decisions. Um, we, these are the, just the normal patterns of our life. Yeah, and, yeah, as we're transformed in that way, then yeah, our natural tendency is going to be walking in the Spirit. And I think just yeah. having the deeds of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit there in right. Galatians 5 is just so helpful to say, okay, what are these decisions right. producing? Right. And it's just a great, <clears throat> great check, you know, right. to... Right. To make sure that we are right. transforming our minds to be more like Christ. Right. We're, we're doing all these things. And so they're just even coming back. Okay, well, we're praying through these things. Are they, um, God, are these true of me? And we're consulting God's people around God. Are, 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 am I blind to some of this stuff? Can I, can you say, you know, are, are God's people around us affirming these things as well um, in our life? Like, yeah, no, they're not seeing any hidden sin. They're not seeing any insubordination or like we're just running from suffering or hard conversations or, you know, um, and, because people are pointing us back to that. And so we make decisions within the context of God's community yeah. and uh, God's people and God's word. And we're praying, we're coming to him and asking these good questions of, is it agreeing with biblical wisdom? Is it advancing the mission? Is it, uh, are, are my godly leaders around me affirming these things? And when we do that, this, all these things are in place, it's the normal pattern, then by all means, let us walk yeah. in the joy and the freedom of following Christ and whatever decision he's bringing us to, right? Yeah, I think, too, one other just important aspect of this that's yep. coming to mind is the, the idea of knowing ourselves well and being yep. real and that knowing that we yep. can, to justify, knowing that we can be so selfish and self-focused and so just Hmm. when we recognize that in ourselves to be cautious of that when these Hmm. decisions are being made it will then lead us to be more intentional about doing these things that we've been talking about right 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot here, a lot in this, but hopefully helpful uh, as we uh, all seek to make God honoring decisions and to let our lives reflect, you know, in the in, in the daily, the practical things as we all want to be doing what is good and right and pleasing to the Lord. And so, man, I would just encourage you if you have specific decisions, you know, as you're listening to this and you're at the point, you're trying to make a specific decision, you're trying to put it into place, seek out those who we'd be happy to, uh, your part of redemption to talk through those things, bring it to your small group, bring it to those who God has put in your life and uh, let us walk in the joy and freedom of knowing Christ. Thanks for tuning in to Consider It, where we are considering your questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. If you would like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about our church and the ministry here, visit redemption.bible. Thank you for your support and listening. Join us next time as we consider it.